and welcome back to the Rough Trade Edit podcast. As you might have noticed, we have been extremely, extremely busy launching our Albums of the Year 2020 campaign. Um, It just seems to get bigger and bigger every year, and that is largely down to the incredible response from you guys. So a massive, massive thank you to everybody who has read, browsed, shared and or discussed our list for this year. I think you will agree, Salt are extremely worthy of the top spot. And if you've not discovered them yet, there ain't no time like the present. You can head over to blog.roughtrade.com and all of the details are there for you to enjoy. So this week I am chatting to the wonderful Katie J. Pearson, whose debut solo outing, Return, is the embodiment of her re-entry to music and is a shimmery country pop diamond in the rough of 2020. Uh, Katie discusses lessons, personal triumphs, growth and longevity. I have never met Katie in the flesh, but um, it was quite literally like chatting to an old friend when we recorded this podcast. So I hope her positive vibes shine through um so stay tuned for that coming up a little later but we're back into recent edit highlights this week and i'm going to kick off with our album of the month for november which is the stunning sanctuary of a record oliver arnold's some kind of peace so the icelandic composer should be no stranger to you and i mean yeah we've championed him for many many years in store he is an ambient genius and everything he puts out never falls short of being magical and meaningful. His latest solo project is no different. It features some very, very special guest artists. The compositions are a total testament to his perfect touch and creative vision. So this is available on Rough Trade exclusive clear vinyl and it is the winter warmer we all need right now. So check out this track. This is New Grass. Change up in pace next as the Mighty Spectres release their third album, It's Never Going to Happen and This Is Why, at the end of October and fans rejoiced everywhere. Um, The record was recorded at a 19th century Methodist church in Leeds called The Nave, which is also the venue for our exclusive live album with Bedroom for Albums of the Year, you may notice. Um, Spectre's bluntest and most bludgeoning work to date. It is unrelenting, but at the same time, there isn't constant rage here. It is a smart, bold outing from a band whose identity is wrapped up not only in the music, but the production and the presentation too. Their DIY approach can only continue to be admired here. Um, So yeah, here's one from the record for you. This is Sociopath Discotheque. So if there is one thing we can be joyous about in 2020, it is the injection of positive mental health music courtesy of the brilliant Tina. So you may remember them from Counterculture 2019 with their addictive single I Feel Fine, which had us all completely hooked. Um, So we waited and here, finally, 
is their debut album. Not only a collection of 11 brilliant songs with a meandering dreamlike quality, we have a double debut on our hands here because Tina's album is the very first full-length release on the coveted Speedy Wonderground label. So this is music to heal, to challenge, to reflect on. And here's a bit of the album version of I Feel Fine, still one of my favourite tracks from the last year. Here we go. So finally this week we have Adult Life who is Chris from Huggy Bear, John Webb and Kev from Mel Bonding and Sonny Barrett. Together they have created and released their explosive debut album Book of Curses. There is fury and anger in abundance here, brilliantly crafted and fully charged by the high stakes of adulthood. So Chris is both a father and a long-time employee of a children's charity and many of the themes explored on the record are reflections that can be attributed to this amongst many, many others. It is an incredibly affecting and a bloody good punk album from a group of musicians firmly at the helm of their Cool to Chaos. So check out this track, This Is Adult Life and Stevie K. And that wraps another edit roundup for this week. All of our edit inclusions can, of course, be found at roughtrade.com and you can also listen to tracks in our edit playlist on Apple Music. So keep an eye out across Rough Trade over the coming weeks as in addition to new releases, we'll also be sharing our compilations and reissues of the year as well as shining a light on our wonderful staff and their personal picks for 2020. So earlier this month, I spoke to Katie J. Pearson about her glorious debut album, Return. She is a glorious person. I implore all of you to check out her record. But first, let's get some insight from the woman herself. Enjoy. Thank you so much for listening and I will catch you in the next one. So, Katie J. Pearson, welcome to the Rough Trade Edit podcast. Hello. Yeah, thanks for having me. You're very welcome. Um, it is officially the end of summer in the UK. Um, we were just discussing the disgusting weather that is currently outside at the moment. Um, but I still feel a bit weird since our clocks went back, which was the weekend just gone, wasn't it? Um, although I was kind of grateful for the additional sleep. But have you fully adjusted to these like darker evenings as they're kind of creeping in? Um, I think so to an extent. Um, I, we've me and my friends in Bristol have just started this um, swimming club, um, Wild Swimming, called Mermaids of the West. And so we've been going swimming like all summer in like wild swimming locations. But now it's winter. We went to this beach called Sugarloaf Beach in Portishead on um, Tuesday, I think it was. And yeah, we like got out of the sea, and it was literally like pitch black. Like when we like we're getting 
like back into our clothes it was like really dark and I was like oh god it's winter <laughs> I was like, it's and it was like so cold and we were just there like I'm driving back it was only half five but it was so dark um so I do feel like it takes me a while I feel like I'm not fully there yet but I feel like, like I'm getting that kind of feeling of like hibernation where I'm like oh I don't really even want to go to the pub at the moment I'm like I want to just yeah nest yeah just chill. <laughs> which I guess kind of goes quite well with the fact that there's a pandemic going on so if yeah you, you want to be at home or there's no harm in that at the moment exactly <laughs> very true very true <laughs> I was actually having a conversation with my mum the other day about wild swimming because she read somewhere that wild swimming apparently reduces your chances of developing dementia Yes, I was talking about that with my friends actually, um, because where we go swimming, it's uh, the Port Said Sailing Club, there's like a jetty, but a lot of people and families walk their dogs around there, and then, so they just see us there like in the early, like, early afternoon, just like swimming, and they're like, what the hell are you guys doing? <laughs> I'm like, I'm swimming! And like, also, I thought it was a city, but it's actually like the Seven Estuary, so it is a bit like, I was like, are we, are we all going to get really ill? Like, this is bad. But then we met loads of other old lady swimmers who go every day so I think it's fine but yeah it is it's really good for tackling dementia it's really good for your just for, for your body's defenses to kind of reset things um I think it's also really good for your mental health I'm finding it is really beneficial yeah actually yeah. You know I have to investigate it though the closest thing to while swimming where I am is probably a duck pond so I'll have yeah. to venture <laughs> a little bit further because <laughs> yeah. actually I was, I was thinking the other day me and my band went up to London to do like a a session um for close encounters yeah. and I was like looking at the Thames and I was just thinking like of all the things that are like at the bottom of that of the Thames like I don't know <laughs> it's like probably like jewels, like jewels and like like bodies and like loads of random stuff down there yeah <laughs> yeah I could go in the Thames but whenever I'm walking past it it's never like the nice end where I think you can swim it's always like I think you can actually swim it is it like safe to swim in certain spots yeah, I think the bits that go kind of when you're going out towards, I don't know, is it Richmond Way? Like kind of, okay. or maybe even further beyond there where they do the boat races. I'm pretty sure. Oh, I'm pretty okay. Sure you can swim. I might be totally wrong, but pe- people definitely <laughs> swim in it. Even oh, that's nice, that's nice to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel like we've gone on a massive tangent. And yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> it's cool. It's fine. It's, it's interesting to hear about other stuff that people are doing other than, you know, kind of the normal kind of daily grind which is nice yeah. I think lots of people this year especially have discovered new ways to kind of new things to learn new things to enjoy themselves um mm. it's kind of been fun doing these podcasts because you hear about people's lives outside of their careers and, and kind of music and things yeah totally but I'm gonna get back to the music because yeah let's go your debut album return is released on the 13th of November um, I've been listening to it for a good, I think, month or so now. And I'm so, so excited for people to hear it. So I can't imagine how you must be feeling. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm really excited. I think the last week, I think just how soon it is, I think the realisation that I'm finally releasing my debut album and people get to hear a full body of work and really understand, yeah, and really get to just um, get to know me as an artist and hear a full thing that I've created I guess my baby so yeah I'm really excited and I think I think I'm just yeah I'm excited I'm just like want to just kind of share it and kind of give it away so I think also some of these songs I've been sitting on for such a long time and Mm -hmm. I think it's gonna be really cathartic to finally have it out there um 
and give it to everyone else and it's kind of it's still my thing but yeah it can be everyone else's now and I can move on to next album as well like not like I will, of course I will treasure this moment but <laughs> yeah it's really exciting to feel the progression and this will be once this is out I'll be able to get to grow some more from the next album and stuff so yeah, yeah it's like a special time and although it's been the pandemic and there's been a lot of stress for creatives and, and people in music I think you know you know what I was like bummed out about it for a bit and then I thought you know what it couldn't come at a better time if people are what needing music you know my journey so far has been quite crazy anyway I mean it'd be it would be it would be weird for it not to come out at a time like this in a way <laughs> I was going to ask you about that actually because I mean it's a tough year yeah an album period let alone a debut you know when you're kind of introducing yourself but I feel like it seems that you've very much embraced that situation um you've made the most out of promotion being very online um like you've been doing have you been doing some instagram live yeah i did them i was like really against it i just i'm just i just i just um i just don't really like being too active on social media but i seem to have managed to get myself over that in terms of at the moment in terms of because i've been releasing music i realized that it's, it's, it's an essential platform for me to communicate with my fan base but i think you know but that's because of lack of gigs i think when i start touring again i'll be able to kind of kind of chill out a bit on that but yeah I think I was quite like oh a bit anxious about it just because I kind of don't really like being too on the screen all the time with it um but you know what it actually did boost my mood doing the live streams on Instagram and people were sending me cover options and I learned and I heard loads of new music from it and loads of people tuned in so actually it was really positive yeah I guess it's it's a bit more I don't know dynamic and engaging than just posting a picture isn't it so you are like live and kind of connecting with people in a live space mm. albeit from a virtual platform but did you watch any other kind of artists lives and things before before you kind of thought about doing it yourself or is it something that um, really depends I, I don't know I can't really think if I did I felt like I'd, I think I did wa- watch Working Men's Club um I think it was there when I did the stream that was from um Yes in Manchester yeah I think I watched that one and I think I might be the only one. I think I, yeah, I didn't know what, what I was doing. Other, yeah, I think I just watched that one. Yeah, because I knew, knew loads of people were doing them, but I just didn't tend to tune in, not because I didn't care, but I think I just, I don't know. I think I have a really short attention span. <laughs> so not in a rude way to them. I think I'm just like, I don't know. It's a weird one, but yeah. <laughs> so definitely that period during lockdown where kind of it just really picked up and it seemed like everybody was getting on board, you know, kind of globally which was mm. kind of really wonderful. But I wondered whether with some bands, it was kind of, did they feel pressured to, like, oh God, everyone else is doing it. If I'm not doing it, people are going to think we're not like, you know, we're small sports or we're not producing any music or we better yeah. did, you, did you feel like that pressure to be almost like more present than normal? Um, you know what? I think, I think actually, um, I don't know. I think I'm, I've managed to kind of chill out over the years in terms of like, the pressure side of things and I still get stressed but I think in terms of that I think I was all right about it I kind of just did it for six weeks and was like cool I think we've reached a point I was like that's enough now um and I think you know it was all right and I think I'd managed I think I did that I was like cool that's my contribution and I think at the time I was getting the singles ready um um for the final singles for the campaign so I was kind of busy with that stuff anyway so I think it didn't feel like I think there's bands that, for example, maybe bands that are early, like early on in their career where they've maybe released one single and they haven't had a chance to go back into the studio yet. I feel like 
in that situation it must be really stressful because you try to build up a fan base and normally new bands like for me when I was starting out I was gigging a lot to get things moving so I feel like young bands that were stuck in and just released their first single before the pandemic it must have been quite stressful to think like how do we communicate with our fan base when we've got one single out so I think that must have been hard for them but I think I was luckily quite far in so it was all right I guess yeah I guess for anyone who doesn't know this isn't your your kind of first experience putting out music and I know you had quite a tough time on a previous project yes yeah and your debut album title I think in fact reflects a little bit of kind of your return to your creative space albeit one that is kind of solo um so I guess how different has your experience been creating the record this time round compared with the experience previously? Um, I think it's been like so different and you know I think Heavenly has been a joy to work with. Um, working with Ali, my producer, um, he's based in Bristol, he's a 50 minute walk away from my house. I don't know it just felt very protected and a safe space and like family and yeah. a really close community of people um and I think that's what kind of made this record work I think because I felt a lot I felt safe and I think I think after my experience with my old band I think I was very anxious and very nervous about doing anything because I was just worried it was always going to go wrong Mm -hmm. and that you know after that experience like I, I couldn't make something that would be would work for the future but I think yeah I think as soon as I started working with them the the support I got and the empathy and like just the kind of space to kind of get things moving again and I think that's what I needed and they gave me that and they really had my confidence the label and Ali my producer and my brother who I was in the band with he he helped me collaborate on a lot of the new music and my my band so yeah I think it's been so different um because I think I've been with people that get me and that I'm close with and so it's been a lot more positive yeah do you think that experience that you had initially though has really taught you so much that is kind of invaluable in a sense going into a solo career now that maybe you wouldn't have been as equipped if you hadn't kind of done that previously even though it didn't work out oh absolutely because I think um with with my old band I think it was a duo and there was never a point when I was that age that I ever would have considered going solo Mm -hmm. and I think when everything when the shit hit the fan and in a good way in terms of like we we finally managed to get dropped (laughs) by (laughs) by just writing the most left field songs we could where the label just got so fed up um but it was great they dropped us because I got my songs back because um which is brilliant but I think from doing that and then my brother being like I want to have a break from this I think it made me realize that it wasn't like just me and my brother having a connection music that made us want to do it I think we both separately just loved it and I think Mm. um actually doing that made me realize oh hang on I'm a songwriter and my brother was mainly mainly did chords and like helped me with pre-production and even with the old project I was doing a lot of the actual writing um, so I think having that time on my own really made me realise, oh, hang on, maybe I can do this on my own. And I think I got that from having such bad experience. I was like, I'm going to do it. And, you know, I felt so angry <laughs> and so pissed off with the situation. I was like, I'm going to prove to myself that I can do this on my own, um, which was worked out surprisingly well, which I'm, yeah, I'm still quite shocked, really, when I think that my album's coming out. And I'm like, I can't believe I've turned this around so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> you get many kind of, I guess, 
up and coming musicians or kind of young people starting out who kind of look to you for some advice because you've kind of had a bit of a both sides of the kind of scale of experience starting out a career in music do you feel like you're in a position that you can kind of offer some advice yeah I you know what I do think so and I think a lot of my friends in Bristol and people that I meet who are who are a bit younger than me and are starting out you know I feel very protective of them um especially especially young women I think um it is difficult and I think especially if you're with a major label as a young woman and you're getting put into these writing sessions which, which are predominantly with older men yeah. who a lot of times are very difficult people and you can we, there are some fantastic like male writers out there but when you're young and you put you're put in a room with this man you've never met and they are usually trying to find some way of emotionally manipulating you to write something personal that's going to kind of relate to a fan base I think I do recognize that happening still and young girls do talk to me and kind of if I meet them and they tell me that they're working with a major label and they're going through the co-writing circuit I'm always like be careful is there just just because I think it is a very it is corrupt and it is it can be messy mm. and so I do feel quite protective of like young people especially young women I think I'm just like or oh, I want them to be careful and make sure they have a strong management behind them yeah. and so, would you say you're feeling more confident about putting out this debut album than you were putting out songs kind of when you first started out? Like, even though it is your debut record as a solo artist, do you already feel like you're already quite accomplished and you're very kind of sure of the songs that you've made? And like you were speaking earlier, just about almost, you know, kind of already getting into thinking about a second record. So do you feel like you've really got that confidence um, kind of down, as it were? Yeah, I think to an extent, I think because some of these songs are so old and I think, you know, it, this kind of just feels like the first step in, you know, in, into the, into the, into the new direction. And, you know, I'm, I'm really proud of this album. Um, but I think some of the songs are quite old and I think, you know, I think now that I've done that, I know that I can create, create something like that again and I can create another album. And I think, um, yeah, I am, I'm really proud of what I've created, but I think from having, People love this, people loving the song so much, which has been so wonderful. I think it's given me even more kind of excitement and confidence to kind of really throw myself into album two. Yeah. Um, and which is, which feels really nice because I think I did go through for a, a really long time of being really insecure and being like, can I do this? Am I even good enough? Which everyone has. Mm. And I think it's really nice to kind of feel excited and be like, oh my God, I'm, I'm liking what I'm doing, you know? Yeah. And I'm sure so much of that comes with having, like you mentioned, like a really great kind of family around you and friends and a really good label base and kind of getting that really like positive feedback and people believing in what you do, basically, but also allowing you to do it in the way that you want to. Yeah, it, it feels like that. And I think, yeah, I just feel really lucky. And I think Bristol and the city as well is just the perfect place to do that. I was talking to my friend Oliver Wilde, who played in Pet Shimmers the other day, and we were just saying that, you know, Bristol is a bubble away from the main industry. You know, you don't get bothered here. Mm. You know, I mean, my label are, are obviously in touch, but it, it doesn't feel so kind of claustrophobic. I think you feel you, everyone's got their space to do what they need to do. And yeah, it's really nice to have that. Yeah, I, th I think a lot of people have said, you know, when I've you know spoken to people or met people when I'm doing these podcasts and obviously working in the shop and things, that London does offer that kind of extra level of pressure 
mm. up and you know it's so fast paced and I guess everybody's scrabbling for stage space and promo and so it must be nice to kind of be be comfortable in your own kind of setting but that is set away from that but then you still have access to you know as much of the the fan base that you want and you can still get your music heard and kind of do things on your terms but you haven't got that kind of yeah maybe it's a bit suffocating sometimes I suppose yeah absolutely because I think a lot of um my friends that are based in London that do music when they come to visit me in Bristol and we've got a lovely like friend group of musicians and non-musicians all hang out and they're always just like oh my god everyone's so nice here like you all hang out like <laughs> it's competitive and I'm like well I don't know I think it's just it's just the West Country vibe, I think. I think yeah. people are just like quite, I mean, overall pretty grounded here, which is really special and yeah, it's lovely. Yeah. I really love visiting, obviously, Rough Trade Bristol whenever we get to go on field trips there. It is just, so, you do just feel so relaxed when you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a tube to get on and, you know, even just above that, the store itself, you've just got such a great kind of community feel. Yes. Um, yeah. I think a little of which that you don't, really get in London quite this in the same way yeah no, I know what you mean because I feel like all the bands in Bristol know everyone that works in Rough Trade and yeah you know that everyone's mates so it's really nice yeah it's just a really kind of nice a really nice vibe and you just feel yeah. lovely. <laughs> lovely um I read somewhere that kind of longevity is something that's pretty important to you this kind of idea that you aren't set on becoming some kind of massive star but more having a an established career and a body of work that you're really, really proud of and that people love and enjoy. Do you feel that some artists early on in their careers can kind of lose sight of that sort of ambition? Um, yeah, I guess it depends, really. I think, I don't know, I think just because I started young, I think, I don't know, I think also my, my parents, you know, my dad's um, very musical and my mum is, and I think the people that I grew up listening to all did the longevity thing, like Joni Mitchell, um, James Taylor, he's still releasing albums and touring now, um, you know, and I think, I don't know, I think I always felt, and I was, I always felt so, even when I was with the major label, I always felt so strongly with my peers, and even bands, the bands are going now, like, I would always be drawn towards bands that maybe had a smaller fan base, but were releasing, being very prolific, um, but I do think there are young bands that maybe are like, oh, fuck, we need to, this first album needs to be the big one, and it's like, I just, you know, I just think, I want to just prove myself over a few albums, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't, I mean, I, of course I want this album to hopefully people enjoy and I really hope it does well, but in a way I feel like I've got so much more work that I want to create and more I want to prove. And I think it doesn't necessarily need to be done over one album. I think it can be done over four or five or six. So I don't know. I've always felt like that. And I just, I don't know. I think now I've done this album, now I can do it. I'm just like really excited to kind of, see where I can take the projects I guess yeah is it kind of strange that you're releasing the album now even though you you know you said some of the songs are, are quite old does it feel like the album I guess because you've finished it and you always knew it's going to come out this year when you kind of started working on it but does it feel like the album's sitting a bit out of time in the, in the scheme of your career like do you feel like you're already on the next step with writing new songs and kind of developing there or do you still feel like you are at this album and you're ready to go and perform those songs and then you'll move on I think it is it, I think it's a mixture I think you know I still love the songs but yeah I think there is a part of me that's like mm, some of these songs are quite old and like and some of them I feel like I've outgrown but I think you know what on the other hand I'm like right this is what what this is how it's gone and I'll play them as well as I can live and 
in a year and a half, two years time, I'll be on to album two and be playing that. And I think it's just about, I don't know, I've just decided to just accept that there is a part of me that's like, oh, some of these songs are a bit old, but actually they need to, they need, they needed to be released um, for, for me to move on, I guess. Um, so in a way, it's, it's all right, I think. <laughs> well, it, you can't, it's funny listening to it and you say something like, I would never be able to pick out, obviously, which songs are the older ones compared to the newer ones. Oh, that's really good to hear, though, because I think that's the thing. I think I, that's really good to hear, because I think, actually, when I recorded those first songs, which were, like, maybe two or three years old, I think I when, I, when some of the newer songs I wrote over the last year were added into the album, I think, luckily, um, the songs I chose to fill in the gaps felt consistent. Um, so I feel like, in a way, I managed to kind of meld together... Mm. the old and the new of this experience and, and smush it together and luckily it is it, sounding like a like a coherent piece of work oh 100 percent. it just it is so seamless and oh, i got to the, end of the album without even realizing that it that i listened to the whole thing because you just i settled into it so easily oh that's lovely to hear thank you <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> um so i want to just quickly chat about your socially distanced tour that you've announced because yeah. a few of these are kind of popping up and they really intrigue me because obviously we're in this time where you can't do a gig as you know we normally would you can't really have large crowds you can't tour normally basically and this I guess is that kind of option that is available to you not to everyone but to some people um so I guess are you obviously that's really exciting that you can actually perform these songs to people where you maybe pre like a couple of months ago possibly thought that you wouldn't be able to do that but um how are you feeling about kind of doing a socially distanced gig are you kind of nervous about it are you kind of excited and ready to embrace it what's kind of the the feeling about that um I think I am a bit nervous I think just because I haven't actually been to a socially distanced gig myself like so I don't know um what to expect and I think also the main thing for me is that like doing the Bristol shows are going to be so special and I think I'll probably be quite emotional um, and all my family will be there and all my really good friends so I think it's going to be really hard not to like be able to like hug them and like properly like be yeah. around all my friends and like it's going to be so strict yeah. so and then also like even if we went outside and spilled onto the streets I'm like oh god like that is illegal too <laughs> so <laughs> you know it, it does feel a bit like I don't know it's it's fine and I'm so I feel so lucky to be able to even do this do these gigs anyway yeah. but I think it's um I don't know like, even I was thinking this morning I was like oh like like after each song like people are gonna have to just clap like people won't be able to go woo because you're not allowed to like shout <laughs> <laughs> you're not allowed to like be like woo so I'm like I don't know like some of my mates will probably want to do that and like, probably, like will, they, will they get told off like I don't want to make it put a downer on the night, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think you know, it's it's, it's what I it's what we've got, and I think yeah, I, I'm nervous just because it's not something it's new and it's something I haven't done before. Um, but then on the other hand, you know, at least everyone gets to be together and gets to celebrate the album with me, and gets to hear the songs live. Um, so you know, overall, you know, it's it's still it's the gig. I'm still playing my instrument. It's just in a weird dystopian reality yeah <laughs> and it's important I guess to remember that it is so dismal and it's very it's been very depressing this year and so many people have been affected in a very negative way by it and it's it's really really tough but I guess we have just have to believe that it will go back to how it was at some yeah. point like last week into, you know the 
the way we used to experience it is not gone forever and you'll have those moments again yeah because I think I was back when things were still quite bad and lockdown was still quite strict I think the thought of doing a social assistance gig like was like I was like no way like I was I was offered a few shows in Europe and I was like no way I'm doing this I don't want to be a dick like I feel really arrogant like swanning over to these countries with my UK COVID covered all over me <laughs> I don't know you know I just felt a bit like oh god it's felt a bit arrogant to be like doing that when the world is a bit messed up and be like I'm just gonna promote my music you know so but I think now it feels appropriate it feels like people really need it and people want it and that's the thing I thought like people are wanting that to happen and I'm you know and it's safe then I'm like why not yeah I completely agree there's some serious hoovering going on in my house at the moment I'm very okay. about that. <laughs> no worries yeah. I was also just thinking I was saying to my mates the other day that I think like I think people who are in a position where they're not like at risk as much as other people are definitely using going to concerts and gigs as a form of protest towards the government I, I really think that people are just going sod it like this is all messed up anyway. I might as well go in and enjoy some music and support the creative sector yeah. that's getting absolutely screwed over, you know? And I think that is something that does feel special that people are like, this is, this is going to go on for a long time. So I'm comfortable to kind of risk things to an extent for the sake of like music, which is something like, it's so surreal. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The level of adaptation this year, particularly from the music industry, has been like off the scale that the way that, yeah kind of yeah found ways to kind of as you say protest but also just kind of carry on as best they can given all the ever-changing restrictions and kind of this kind of almost like damning kind of situation yeah. um, that's obviously really positive to see and it, it does encourage you know the likes of yourself and other musicians to say you know what fuck it let let's just yeah. come on and try and do what we can and it actually feels special and I think it makes you feel part of something and it makes you not feel so kind of depressed about the situation if you're being like you know what I'm not going to listen to the government I'm going to I'm going to do what is necessary for people's happiness I guess mm. you know yeah definitely this has obviously been a bit of a journey for you and we've all been really really anticipating this record and I know you're a bit one of those kind of buzz artists of 2020 because you've popped up everywhere and kind of been everyone's been really excited to hear the full record so I'm sure it will be received incredibly and you will do so so well and yeah. oh thank you so much well that's very kind of you to say <laughs> well, I, appreciate, I appreciate that very much <laughs> of course and we'll cross our fingers that 2021 is brighter and better than oh, this year <laughs> garden a green man it's my favorite stage that's oh. all I want <laughs> I know it's so sad isn't it but you can only imagine the only thing I can think and I know lots of people have said this is when it does come back there'll be so much like euphoria because it's something that you haven't experienced for such a long period of time given given that this was so unexpected yeah it'll probably be really really amazing when it does come back again yeah totally I think it's gonna be a very very special time it's gonna be like the swinging 60s <laughs> <laughs> Katie thank you so so much I'm, I'm gonna play out with a bit of a track from the record so would you like to pick one that we can play let's do um hey you wicked we will play a bit of that Katie thank you so so much and we will see you really really soon thank you, you like climbing up the walls you just need Work out what you want It could be a sign on the head
Reviews and subscriptions help to support what we do. So if you like what you hear, then please rate us on iTunes.